Welcome to the Doll Podcast. My name is Louisa Maxwell. Our guest is Rachel Hoffman, a visionary in the doll world who has combined her degree in communications with doll expertise to launch the world's first virtual doll convention. She is built on the legacy left to her by her mother, Diane Hoffman, who 45 years ago founded Turn of the Century Antiques in Denver, Colorado. Today, Rachel has taken over the business with its legacy of doll expertise and carries on the family tradition of dolls with a team of dedicated staff. Rachel's now about to launch her Christmas 2020 convention, a Christmas pageant. In our interview, she reveals what inspired her to create this online celebration of dolls and collectors, her role as an influencer, and how sharing glimpses of her life on and off camera has made her a social media sensation. We discuss dolls, but we also share our mutual love of dogs, fashion, and more. So if you'd like to see pictures or get more information, just go to www.dollpodcast.com. Because of the current pandemic, we have to record online. So if you hear any clicks or buzzes, I'm afraid that's the magic of the internet. Rachel, welcome to the Doll Podcast. You grew up around dolls. What's the first doll you remember, Rachel? I was actually not not a tomboy, but because dolls were so plentiful in my upbringing and in my childhood, the first time my mom gave me a beautiful doll for Christmas, I was so disappointed. Doll people out there probably just like, they can't even believe it, but there were so many of them around. I just wanted other things. It wasn't until I kind of got, I don't know, maybe I was like 10 or 11 and I really started getting interested in Barbie. They were always coming out with characters of pop stars and people that I loved and followed. And so I loved Barbie. And that was my first recollection of of a doll that I wanted as a child. You grew up in a doll shop, turn of the century antiques in your hometown of Denver, Colorado. How's the doll business changed from that time when you were a child in the doll shop? What changes have you seen? Well, we do... 100%, I would say. Maybe 99.9% of our business is done online. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we would do a lot of doll business here and people walking in. But now it's it's a lot different in the sense that I I reach my clients online. That's probably the biggest thing. It's worked out really well, especially with what's going on in the world right now, the pandemic and just not even being open at all. I was just so incredibly grateful that how we've shifted our business and our model since the old days, I guess you could say. A lot of the components that we do with how we dress things and how we do things, when you get in a doll, you have to clean it and you have to restring it and you have to get it dressed and you have to do all these things. We do all of that the same, but we do we do reach out on the internet primarily. My mom used to bring in a photographer to take pictures, to put them in doll reader. And it would cost thousands of dollars for a couple pictures. The first video we had made for our company was $6,000. And I could produce that in-house right now with the people I have working here. It's just the accessibility has changed tremendously. You have been a trailblazer using your degree in communications and specialized doll knowledge to interview doll experts around the world, then launch the first online convention. What inspired you to think of doing a virtual convention? 
It came from the feedback that I received from my community. The very first time that I went live at a doll show, I had no idea what I was doing, but I went live at a doll show and I interviewed the seller, showcased her dolls, and she taught us about the dolls in her booth. And I just remember thinking, oh, that would be a fun thing to do. The amount of feedback and interest I received and people were just so grateful that they could just get a little taste of the show because they couldn't be there. It was something that I immediately said, okay, I need to do more of this. I said to myself, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a virtual convention. I know how to do this. I can put together the components. I can figure out how to make it interactive. I stayed up for almost two straight days putting it together. And I remember I said to Linda, who works here, what if we get a hundred people to sign up for this? I thought a hundred people, wouldn't that be so cool? Because I just didn't know what people were going to think. Nobody ever attempted it before on, on the scale that I wanted to. I think we got 300 in the first hour. People were crying tears. Might as well have been singing in the streets because a lot of them had never been to a convention at all. We just had a blast. Did you go to the first one? Of course I did. Oh, and oh I, w- I went to your first convention in oh, bed wow. with my laptop. I had a cold. I was having such a great time. I learned so much and it was just so enjoyable, but it was so accessible. And that is really the attractive thing. You've brought it into our homes. Thank you. The first one will always have a special place in my heart. We have, we have come a really long way since the first one. I have figured out all the things about sound and video quality and production. And I didn't even know all that stuff, but I figured it out. I just tried it without being an expert and just, and just going. And that's been one of the biggest secrets to my sauce is, <laughs> is that I'll just, I'll just go and I'll just go and do it. Before I got it, before I have it all figured out. And so it, it seems that you are an unstoppable force. You just say, this is the goal. Let's go. What goes into organizing the convention? And do you have a big team? You have graphics, you have downloadable artwork, doll patterns, tutorials, paper dolls, coloring books, a huge range of convention goodies. Well, it's, it's a huge collaborative effort. So that first convention and any convention or event that I have done, I'm not sitting alone in, in my shop doing every program myself. I'm collaborating with incredible people that are so, so much more knowledgeable than me in, in what they do. Bringing them to the table and working together, building those bridges, meeting new people, saying, hey, would you, would you be available to, to chat about this and share it with the world and, and doing all that? So it it's, it's a huge collaborative effort with amazing people, first of all, all the people I've worked with. I do have a big team. I, do. <laughs> I have five employees. We work all day, every single day. And, and they, they're all very talented in when they, what they do. Stanley has been here for over 40 years, and he's amazing. My graphics lady and, and Linda and I have doll ladies and Eric, and he does the video and the photos and People ask me all the time, even Robert Tonner said, I don't know how, how did you do that when I would turn around graphics and turn around marketing campaigns in 24 hours after just receiving the product? And I said, I didn't. My team did. So. But they have a good leader. It's a team. Yeah. And the, t- and the team is fantastic. Well, the product's fantastic. So it speaks, it's their, it's their voice going out to the world, giving so much generosity and so much quality and so much content to the convention so that there's something for everybody. I really strive for diversity in the content. 
anytime that I see an opportunity to collaborate or to, to do something, or even when I see something here in Colorado, I'm always thinking about the people and my audience. So I'm always thinking, is this something that I can share? Is this something I can video? When I walk into somebody's house and I, and I get a good vibe from them, usually within 10 minutes, I'll be saying, hello. So I actually run a virtual doll convention. Would you be interested in maybe sharing this with the world? So it's, my mind is continually racing on how I can share different fun things. And whether that's going to an estate sale or going live in my dusty attic, I'm just always just trying to share and just have, and just connect with people and have fun with it. Well, we're the audience that's enjoying it. <laughs> in one of your convention videos, you were talking about Grace by Robert Toner, who you just mentioned. And Michael Canada said, Dolls are dolls, whether they're antique or modern. Tell us, how do you decide what dolls to include in the convention? Because there's such a range. Kitty Cruza, Robert Toner. We've been around people's collections. It's extraordinary. What makes you choose certain dolls for each convention? Well, the dolls, in their own sort of way, they, they come to me. Because when, when a convention happens and the programming is presented, it's usually because in my interactions in the doll community, I've seen something or I've heard something and I say, would you, would you, could you do a program on that? It sort of organically happens. I do say, well, we, we need some more antique content or we need some more modern content. And I try to strive for a good balance so that everyone can enjoy. The biggest thing that I do is that, is that I make sure that whatever is presented is presented in an accessible, comfortable way that anyone's going to enjoy it. That's my biggest thing. I want to make sure that, that it's entertaining, no matter what the subject matter is. And when people are having fun, that's when they learn and that's when they want to do more. To answer your question, how do I decide? Kind of a tough one because I just go with my gut. I have a lot of time in between events so I can really reach out to people or or let the dolls come to me. I showcase a lot of things that just happen in my life and without that camera and just get, get the content. That's why it has such a good natural energy and it just appeals because as you said, you're letting it flow organically. And so that energy does come through. There's such a yes. variety of things. You have people sewing and making patterns. Then people are posting pictures of their interpretation of what you put out from the convention. So it's constantly a process that's uh, fertilizing itself and giving us new ideas. You know what? And I love that. I love that. Many times I've, I've received emails from people that said, are you going to be upset if I share this? Because I did my interpretation and my inspiration and here it is. And I, I love that more than anything. When I see those things and when people feel inspired to create and make their own version, when people make stuff, it's because they were inspired by something else. So I love that. And the creativity that flows and the sharing that's involved. I don't have the whole thing of, oh, that's my secret or this or that. I'm happy to share. In fact, sometimes I share just so much that it, it overwhelms people sometimes. I've never been afraid to just share and just let people get creative and do whatever they want for their story and their journey and how it wants to come out of their hearts. Definitely. One of the things that came out of the convention is Grace, which is a special doll done for you. She has a fabulous fashion sense. And I have to ask this question, and it's not a doll question. 
You've given us a fabulous fashion sense when we look at your videos, the way you produce them, the way you dress, the way you do your hair. And you even did a line of clothes for Grace to give her that elegance. Will you tell us a little bit about how you put your look together and what you're thinking about when you present yourself? Because you're always beautifully presented. Whether you're there with no makeup and just dressed casually or in a beautiful, fabulous evening gown. Well, first of all, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for that compliment, especially to say that on the days that I'm with no makeup, I'll be honest, sometimes I look at my videos and I'll think, Rachel, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have gone out into the world looking like that. At, at the same time, everybody knows nobody walks around looking like that all of the time. Nobody. I thought for a while, maybe I should just present in the couture with the makeup, with the hair, but it's also not me. If you came in, if you came in here on my working days, I am wearing overalls. I have the other day I had stains on my shirt because I had spilled coffee and I was sweating and my hair was in a bun. And That's what it takes to do what I do. My mother started me with how to do makeup and hair and to dress beautiful. She put me in the FAO Schwartz gowns and, and we had a blast with fashion and prom dresses and all of those things. So that is something that I have always done. I've always loved fashion, hair, makeup the whole, the whole shebang. The first time I did, I went on screen without makeup, that, that was a little scary for me as it would be for any female, right? Definitely. <laughs> but I, that it, I think that it was fine. I think people enjoyed seeing that. I do look a lot different, but it's like, oh, well. <laughs> it's another <laughs> aspect of, of one's beauty. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's important for women to feel they can just share how they're feeling at that time. It's, it's true that it's genuine. Yes. And when I have people in their 70s, I even had one lady that was 78 email me and just say, oh, I learned all these makeup tips from you. And, and, you know, it's just, it's so, I love it. I'm always on the hunt for fashion and for things that I, that I love. That's a big part of it too. When you see me at events, I take a lot of time and care. So my, my clothing is planned out usually several weeks in advance. I care a lot about colors and what I'm wearing. And, and I know that what I wear speaks its own language and has its own message. So when I'm doing something important, you will see me dressed in important. <laughs> so, and when I'm casual and, it's just, and we're just kind of hanging out, then my clothing speaks a different story. It's interesting too, because it relates back to dolls, because fashion and dolls go together, whether you're looking at antique or modern, or as you mentioned with Barbie, it's an important part of why we love dolls. Absolutely. Fashion is everything in our industry. People, they love fashion and so much of the fabric of our history, figuratively and, and literally. I know the collectors and my audience enjoys it. So that's another reason why I will go out of my way to wear things and do things that I normally wouldn't because I know they'll like it. It's part of the show business in me. I agree it's working. <laughs> <laughs> now, another part of your life that you've shared is the wonderful story of Murray the Poodle. Oh, Murray. Mm -hmm. I also have a little white poodle. Oh, bless. So I totally understand the love of the toy poodle. Rachel, dogs are a huge part of your life. And we were all big fans of the wonderful Murray. I mean, he became an internet star in his own right. Oh, yeah. I share my office with two poodles, which I really enjoy. They make life so much better. Please tell us about the dogs in your life at the moment, if you wish to, because it's been a big part of your story, sharing that. 
Animals are such a huge part of all of our stories. Animals of all types, they just enhance our lives and change our lives. When I adopted Murray, I made it about him. He had been there and nobody adopted him because of his age. When people don't adopt an animal because of their age, I I do understand where they're coming from, but you're making it about you because you can't go through that pain. And and I know I'm only going to have him for a short time, so I can't go through that. But when I made it about Murray, where I said in my head, I might have him for six months, I might have him for five years, but I'm going to make the time that he has left the very best. I was prepared in a different way. You're never really prepared, but I knew it was coming. And so I I shifted my focus from me to him. And I think that's really important if you're thinking of adopting an, uh, an an older animal. It is one of the most beautiful experiences you can ever have in adoption. They know you rescued them. They have a completely different sense and spirit because, because they, they walk around with gratitude. Murray is the most favorite dog I've ever had. He will always be a legend. If there's another situation where I would adopt another little toy poodle, or I would do it again in a heartbeat. But to answer your question, I have two English bulldogs. They are rescues as well. They don't come to the shop like my other bulldogs because they have problems and they, they're afraid to leave the house. The other day we got halfway down the driveway for a walk and that's me after having them for two years. So they've been through some stuff and I love them anyway and they have all kinds of quirks and issues, but they're a lot of fun. I would recommend the adoption process to anybody because when I, when I think of all the work and the expense and everything for those dogs, I, I'm also reminded that, Rachel, you're doing your part yes. for the animals out there. You've rescued these and all the ones in the past. I'd take Murray again. Oh, man. I, ho- I hope to get another toy poodle someday, and you know how wonderful poodles are. So They're absolutely fantastic. Oh, they're just to, to little Murray. In a recent post, you suggested we have a support doll to turn to in these confusing times. Now, I thought that was a very beautiful idea. And I have to say myself, I'm still struggling to pick a support doll. I keep looking at my collection going, who's this going to be? Which doll will I pick? Can you tell us a little bit about your support doll, why you chose her, what role she plays? How does she inspire you? Well, comfort Annie. She's just, she's sitting right over there. As soon as I opened the box, I said to Linda, this is my emotional support doll. I've never had one in my life. I don't know where it came from, but it's what I said when I saw her face. I put her by my desk for a couple days, especially during just some tumultuous times over here in the USA. I was comforted by her, her happy little face. When she came, she needed her neck repaired and she has rips and tears all over her body that we patched as much as we could. But I could just tell like, girlfriend, you've seen some stuff. And here you are sitting here smiling. She was so approachable. She just had a very unassuming way that I could just bond and almost chat with her. She had a spirit. I'm sitting here with my comfort doll and I'm thinking, you know what? I should talk about this because it's helping me. If I'm doing something that is actually helping me, I'm going to share it. When you do something and you share it with the world, it gives other people permission to do the same. So when I'm out here saying I have a comfort doll unapologetically, and maybe I haven't had a comfort doll since I was three years old, it gave other people the idea. And then they started emailing me all their comfort dolls and their teddy bears and the ones that they're choosing. And, 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 it, and it helped and it's fun. But she just, she sits up here in front right now. And sometimes I move her to my desk and she's just going to be, she's going to be around. I'm just going to, she's a, she's a fun one. When you figure out your comfort doll, you must let me know. 
I will. It's really hard. I have too many. It dolls. is. Also, you must pick one that's robust. There's no sense in taking a Jumeau fashion doll around with you. Sometimes when I'm choosing fabric for clothing, I remember taking a pigeon doll by Joshua David McKenney to Liberty of London, and the staff went wild and posed her against all the fabric, and suddenly I had no control over what was happening. They were picking what went well, and then that happened again with the antique doll. They just got so involved in the process of first looking at modern fabrics for a modern doll and then looking at something with a vintage feel for a Victorian doll. And it's very interesting the way it sparks people's imagination. So I really loved this concept. As you said, you enable people to explore this. And after all, as children, we look to bears, dolls, etc. for comfort. Right now, when we're having quite a difficult and tragic time in the world, why not look for a bit of comfort, a bit of happiness, a bit of fun? Absolutely. Absolutely. And dolls are what are what we love and what we enjoy. And they can serve a lot of pur- dolls and historically have served so many purposes and done so many things for us. And so, yeah, I, I think I think it was a fun, fun thing to share. Beautiful thing. You've done so much fabulous work with the virtual convention. I mean, you're able to reach out to people all over the world. They can experience it in their own time or experience it live. So it's been a great idea and very successful. Do you think virtual conventions will replace traditional conventions? Or is there a way for the two types of events to work in tandem? What I can say with certainty is that I hope that virtual events do not replace live in-person events. I wouldn't have been able to accomplish a virtual convention if I hadn't been to all of the in-person events. That is where I did my networking. That is where I did my learning. That is where I met all of the incredible people that I have now partnered with to do virtual events. So it just wouldn't have been possible at all. The virtual events can absolutely enhance a live event. I've gone to many live events where I did a virtual component for people that couldn't be there, but I hope not. They are a wonderful thing now uh, for what's going on in the world. I just attended Jonathan Green's Kathy Cruz, Katie Cruza virtual gathering that he would have otherwise canceled. It has been such a lifesaver for us and for a lot of people that we're looking at having everything canceled. But I can say with certainty, I, I hope that they do not. There is nothing like seeing and feeling and experiencing dolls and people in person. I do a wonderful job of bringing that feeling into people's homes, but it's still, it's still not the feeling. It's, I'm bringing it as close as I can, but it's not the actual thing. So if you can go to events, I hope that they start someday. Again, until that happens, I'm, I'm really glad that we are here to work together to continue nourishing our interests and our hobbies through virtual. And I, have, I have very strong relationships with show promoters and people that organize in-person events. I hope to have in-person events here at the shop. So it's, I'm, I'm not trying to just be on the internet all the time. We're all ready and waiting for these events to come back. And I know I wouldn't have had all the guests that I've been able to bring onto the podcast. We're all people I interviewed live and in person when you could interview people live and in person. And at that time, it was for magazines or other programs. I agree with you completely that it would be wonderful when the day comes again, when we can all meet again. But till then, the virtual convention is a great way to meet people 
all around the world. It is a great way, especially to connect with other hobbyists and people that you wouldn't have otherwise met. A lot of, a lot of beautiful, strong friendships have been a result of our events. People write to me all the time and just spill their heart outs about all the, all the friends they have met and people that they now check in with and talk to every single day because they met in one of the rooms and somebody said something that captured their interest and then they became friends. So it is so important that we continue our work in the virtual and when it is safe again to continue our work in the live in-person events, but only when it is safe again. I, I hope people will continue to do their part and be diligent in making the right choice. Well, I think that at the moment, having dolls online is a great way of us coming together and also for feeling a little better when times are, are hard and sad and when we feel a bit isolated. So we can come together online, we can share this positive hobby, and it makes a big difference. It makes such a big difference. Yeah, it really, really does. So I enjoy what we're doing. I, a huge part of my work is online and virtual, and, and, but there's nothing like a beating heart. Well, this program is going to be going out in December. Perfect. What are the plans for upcoming events, for Christmas? What can you share with us? Well, we have the Christmas pageant, 4th, 5th, and 6th of December. That is going to be a spectacular event that will take place here and in several places here in Colorado. I'm working with several people. We're very excited. It is a fundraiser that will benefit three incredible charities. All of the money will be donated at the end of the event. We've raised 11000 so far in 24 hours, which I'm just so humbled and excited Amazing. about this. Thank Amazing. you. Yes, it is. The doll collectors, they're on fire right now. They're just doing great. It's going to be fun because for a lot of us, it's our first Christmas without our people. We've lost a lot of people this year just in the community. It would otherwise be, for me, a pretty drab Christmas if I wasn't doing this. Now it's going to be Christmas extreme. It's exactly what I need. And I think it's exactly what a lot of us need to come together and to just celebrate and have that community and that, that caring time together to celebrate the holidays. And to share, because that is what Christmas is about, sharing and enjoying. Oh, and, and giving. Spreading a little bit of happiness. I hope it'll go well. I always have a little anxiety before going into my events, just wishing and praying and hoping that they go really well. I take a lot of risks and I just kind of go out there because I trust that it's going to be okay and I trust that it's going to work. And without that trust in the universe, you don't take risks. So I'm doing it. <laughs> and so we're just going to see how it goes. But a lot of people trust me, which is why we've raised this much money in 24 hours. So definitely, I, I'm very appreciative. It's a great privilege. It's, well, it's a great honor for all of us to be able to join you in this beautiful energy and this beautiful thought for Christmas. Thank you so much. Thank you. Rachel Hoffman, thank you so much for joining us on the Doll Podcast. It's been a delight to hear about your life. It's hard to say goodbye to Rachel. She's such fun and has so much enthusiasm, talent, and dedication. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us on the Doll Podcast. If you want to find out more about the Virtual Doll Convention, just go to www.virtualdollconvention.com. You can find the Doll Podcast and all our episodes on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Be sure to like, review, and share. We love to hear what you're thinking. 
To find out more about the Doll Podcast, go to www.dollpodcast.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram.